Tim Lacombe joins us here on the Full Court Press. You hear him here on this radio station. Oh, he's so if good. If you listen to the Jazz. So, as a, so, so good. As a Jazz affiliate, we get to hear his expert analysis. Uh, pre-game, halftime, post-game. Tim Lacombe joins us here on the Full Court Press. Tim, thanks for time hey, today. Tim. What's up, guys? How are you? We're good. We're, we're doing all right. How are you over there? How's uh, SLC treating you? Well, you know what? I'm good. I'm actually down in, uh, I guess you guys would hate the fact that I'm in Utah County right now. You know, <laughs> way too close to the school, the other blue school down here. Um, and, I, and I get it. Like, I understand it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm a huge history buff. And, like, this is a major pleasure for me to... You know, I went, I went back to Memphis. I saw, I went to Sun Records, you know, where I saw where all that greatness happened. And, uh, like today to be able to come on the show that Scott Gerard started in college. I mean, are you <laughs> kidding true. me? That's true. And you know what? Scott was not as near as good as I am right now at, at this age. <laughs> so you can tell him I said that too. I would imagine he's got a clip maybe to kind of put you in your place. <laughs> hey, Coach, before we talk Utah Jazz, I did want to ask you about the new hire from Utah State, uh, Coach Ryan Odom, Nate Dixon also on the staff. I know you have a lot of great connections. I was wondering, can I get your thoughts on this on this new basketball coaching staff and what you think of them? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I didn't know, um, obviously knew who Nate Odom was uh, and certainly been a fan of his from a distance just with what he, you know, he, he looks to be, uh, a great coach and really connects with the guys. Uh, and then he's had some success. I mean, obviously pulled off one of the great upsets in the history um, of the entire NCAA basketball uh, tournament, and it, the, the biggest upset. So, um, you know, he, he's obviously got some really good things going for him, but I don't, I didn't know him beyond that. And a couple okay. of weeks ago, can you guys hear me? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, keep going. Sorry. You're good. Oh, perfect. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, it was early on a Saturday, and I'm I'm definitely a sleeping guy on Saturday. Uh, but my <laughs> phone rang about eight thirty, and it was a Gainesville number. I didn't recognize it, and I answered, and it was my good buddy Nate Dixon. Uh, and and Nate had uh, Coach Odom on the phone, and we talked for a good amount of time about uh, my experience coaching in Utah. They kind of wanted to pick my brain, and uh, they're very very kind and complimentary and I, I think I'll put it this way after that conversation and, and prior to it but after it uh, I certainly believe the Yaggies are in great hands love it love it so uh Tim this Utah Jazz team right the number one team in the NBA best record clinched the playoffs before anybody but certainly the way they've been playing in April has a lot of us nervous <laughs> they're not playing their best basketball and I think they would agree to that um, what are what kind of stands out to you? Why is this team kind of on shaky ground right now? Well, I think what the Jazz are dealing with right now is what everybody's dealt with all year long. Uh, you know, I don't know because I, I, I we haven't seen the scenario, but um, I don't know if you know everybody's at full strength. If the Jazz are still the number one seed, um, you know, you got to be pretty honest about the fact the Jazz ha- had stayed relatively healthy. Knock on wood. Um, until Donovan, you know, uh, had his ankle injury. And I'm, I'm telling you, you take a guy out of the lineup, an all-star out of the lineup, and anybody's going to hit, you know, hit some rocky times. And, uh, it, you know, from the standpoint that you're missing that person, then everybody else is now, uh, you know, steps up a rung, and they've got to contribute a little bit more. And so that pressure, you know, everybody starts to feel a little bit of pressure there where, as before, if you've got everybody, you're just kind of sailing through all, you know. So, 
part of it is that the Jazz are dealing with this injury thing, really, first time this year in a, in a major way. Uh, and what's a little bit nerve-wracking is we really don't know the extent uh, or, you know, the length of time that, uh, that and we, we obviously think Donovan's going to be reevaluated uh, after the week. And, uh, but, you know, Mike has had an issue with that hamstring and the fact that he's kind of scratched from tonight. And, uh, you know, you just kind of have to cross your fingers and hope. But I, I think there's a real good explanation why the Jazz are struggling right now. It's, they're, they're not the Jazz. You know, they're a piece of the Jazz much like the Lakers have struggled because they haven't had AD and, and LeBron for so long. So um, certainly not time to jump off a cliff and certainly not time to give up hope, um, you know, but you know, we do have to kind of start dealing with the fact that they might not be the number one seed. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, injury probably will be the, the biggest cause of that. So despite the loss of Donovan Mitchell, is it still excusable that they get swept by Minnesota? Um, you know, I think the hard part about that question too, is you're, you know, most of the league faced a Minnesota team without all their weapons, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I, I actually happen to think that Russell and at least the nights I've seen him, Russell and Towns really have a great chemistry and synergy together. I know they've only played like 14, 15 games together, but when they have played together, they've played well, the numbers prove that out. They've been way better than the, the record that they've, um, you know, or winning percentage that they've put forth this year. So, again, I think it's apples and oranges. I think, um, yeah, the Jazz probably should beat that team. But year in and year out, there's always a couple teams, their scheme and the way they play, uh, that give you trouble. And I thought the Jazz were a little bit more casual the first night. I thought they turned the ball over way too much. Second night, I just think, I think they battled their butt off. You know, I just think that at the end of the day, they had a lot of open shots that didn't fall. And again, you can start looking at pressure, you know, a little bit of mounting pressure and some fatigue um, because guys are asking, being asked to do more right now. Tim, this is, there's been a lot of debate here more recently, this, that, uh, you know, how important are, is seeding when it comes to the playoffs, uh, we've heard Anthony Davis and LeBron James say, we don't care that our seed, as long as we're healthy, we'll play anyone anywhere. And I think some people are saying, yeah, they're probably good enough. It really won't matter for their seeding. Does it matter for the Utah Jazz? Well, I'd ask you guys. I mean, I, I think I think inherently there's an advantage of being one, right? And um, this year it's a little different because they have that little play in tournament, so you don't necessarily – know exactly who your opponent's going to be. But I think that, um, you know, if, if you're to choose, you probably most times you would choose being the number one seed. And I think it's really important from the standpoint that the Jazz would have home court advantage. And I think as it's they've shown this year, when they're at full strength, um, they're pretty tough to beat at home, uh, having only lost a few games here in, in Utah. So um, I, I think it's important. But I also believe it's not the be-all, end-all. I mean, I think, you know, teams that have not been the number one seed have won the championship before. And I do think there's a part of this for the Jazz that you just mentioned with AD and LeBron that the most important thing is that they're healthy and, uh, you know, kind of a little bit in some sort of groove. And so I would almost take that part over seeding because I think that that part is way more important. Who's concerning you more? Jordan Clarkson or Bogdanovich? Um, 
You know, I don't, I don't necessarily worry about Clarkson because I think Clarkson is what he is. I think you're going to get a, a good level of, of effort. You're going to get certainly, uh, you know, a high usage rate and he's going to get a shot up. Um, and for me, to, you know, about him, it's really kind of in streaks. I'll tell you this, when he's really going, uh, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't really even take in, uh, give him enough credit for what he does. So I don't worry about him. Um, Bojan, sometimes my my concern about him is just his confidence level. Um, and I know Jordan, the last few games when he's been off, has, has showed some frustration. But I think it's more frustration. I think sometimes Bojan, um, you know, internalizes it, it looks like, and takes it pretty serious. And so I think, um, you know, the way that the Jazz are kind of built, I, I would almost say I would give a little bit more spiff of confidence to Bojan and let Jordan just kind of work his way through it if that makes sense, because I think it's really more important about how they're built. No, that's a good point. Uh, it's kind of what's going on between the years. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So that's a huge part of it. We don't, we don't process it at all. You know, I, I've always made the joke that fans and, and media and, and people that, you know, haven't been totally involved in the game. Um, you know, their experience with this type of deal is 2k or FIFA, you know, and, what you do is you just put a bunch of robotic figures out there and you control one at a time, but you know, you're coaching that team. <laughs> what, what you don't take into account is every one of these human beings that you deal with and coach are so different and they take to things like success and failure totally different. And so, so much of your ability to relate to these guys and keep them confident, you know, that's a huge part of the job. With a with a healthy jazz team is, and you talked about like um, you mentioned that health and playing uh, with um, with some momentum, I guess, or in a groove when you approach yeah. the playoffs. With a healthy team and playing with a groove going into the playoffs, how far do you think the jazz this jazz team could really go? Well, I I think that I've seen them. Um, they've answered a lot of questions for me. Um, you know, I go back to kind of some monumental moments and. Um, one of those was, you know, after they had the little plane incident and how that kind of shook everybody and Donovan didn't make the trip. And, um, you know, the way that they competed that game really, to me, proved like there's something to this team. Like they've got, they've got a little bit of, 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 you know, championship DNA in there. And it really is about, um, you know, there is a process to the playoffs and they, they had an incredible amount of frustration last year the series that they really felt like they had. So I feel like they've kind of paid their dues. Um, again, the playoffs is so hard to call right now because it's all about matchups. But I do expect the Jazz to get through, you know, I'm going to say get through a round for sure. Um, you know, I don't know, again, how it's going to shake out. And the crazy part is you could face the Lakers in the first round in some scenarios. You know, if the Jazz really went on a crazy skid, uh, and Denver finished strong, and Clippers finished strong, and Phoenix, you know, the Jazz could be looking at four playing five. So, I mean, I don't want to go there, um, but certainly you've got to almost accept the fact that right now they're a little banged up, they're limited, and there's going to be have to be guys like Matt Thomas and Mieoni, George Niang, even Trent Forrest, they're going to have to play minutes. And, you know, that's not the playoff plan, but that's where they're at right now. Don't, hey, by the way, Tim, don't you like this good cop, bad cop? Like, Eric's all optimistic, and I'm like, we're done for. It's over. 
Forget it, and, you know, it, with the whole thing. It's it, This is good. No, I uh, need your help to insert a little more <laughs> optimism into Ajay. This is the number one team in the NBA. Ajay, uh, Scotty told me you were a little skittish. So, you know, <laughs> you're like one of those players. I just need to infuse you with confidence, right? Franson's more of a guy like, you know, I slap him on the back and say, it's going to be okay, dude. But you, we like, we got to go to lunch. I got to look you in the eye and say, hey, I'm with you, man. I know you're not getting the time you need right now. I'm but te- it's all going to turn for you. <laughs> I, I did, and by the way, tell Scotty, and you can tell Eric this too, by the way, if they would just give me one compliment, it would boost my confidence in, in an incredible level. So, but we yeah. have to take you to lunch. To <laughs> yeah, you take me to lunch like. to do it. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Tim Lacombe joining us. He's part of the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Does an incredibly great job on the pre-half and post. Also former assistant of BYU men's basketball. Uh, Coach, I, I do want to ask, the, re- the MVP conversation is so splattered everywhere. I mean, Steph Curry... Uh, Jokic, LeBron, why isn't Rudy Gobert a part of the conversation? And do you think it's fair or unfair that he is not? Well, I think um, you know there's a, there's a part of this deal, uh, you know, and you guys know this. There's part of this that's really uh, a marketing arm, and, and uh, you know the really the flashy stuff. And, and again, I'll say it: scoring. You know, scoring is really important for that award. I always has been, probably always will be. And, um, you know, I think that really, to me, what Rudy, Rudy's MVP to me is the fact that he's, he does exactly what he should do, and that's be the defensive player of the year. Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, there were times where, um, you know, I, I was not able to watch the jazz as closely because I had a team to coach. And so I'd only see them sporadically. And I can honestly say there was no way I appreciated Rudy for what I, uh, what I do now being able to watch him every night and really every possession. Um, it's really become a study. I'm fascinated by his, uh, his ability to move his feet, you know, so much quicker than you would think. And, um, got just absolutely great feet. I, I think he's coming around as an offensive player. I've seen some major development from the beginning of the year to now. Uh, I think Alex Jensen has done an absolutely hell, uh, extraordinary job of uh, of getting the most out of him. But I, I think so much credit's got to go to Rudy for being that great, but also that coachable. Um, there's a there's a almost a scale, you know, where you get a really talented guy, and you can almost count on the fact that they're They've heard it all and they know it all, and you're not going to get much through to them because they've had so much success. Uh, but with all the success Rudy's had, he's still hungry. He still looks to improve. I mean, a guy who, you know, there was a stretch there where he was shooting 40% from the line, and he's certainly been really, really good lately from the line. And I just see him find ways to finish more creatively, more forcefully. Um, his footwork's gotten much better. He tries passes that he's never tried before. You know, he winged one around his back the other night to avoid uh, it getting stolen. I, I just like the way that he approaches the game. And, again, I don't think he'll ever be the MVP. And I think Donovan have a chance to be the MVP because he, he puts up those types of scoring numbers, and I think that's a big thing about that award. But I'll tell you what, Rudy, um, you know, people will find out uh, just how valuable he is, you know, especially right now because the Jazz are going to really have to really grind teams out and guard them. They're going to struggle to score a little bit, so it becomes even that much more important for Rudy to be what Rudy is. Hey, Tim, great stuff. We appreciate the insight for you spending some time with us. It's uh, We always enjoy listening to you here on The Fan during these 
uh, pre uh, halftime and post uh, games here on the Jazz, being an affiliate of the Utah Jazz. So appreciate your your uh, your context and uh, giving a little bit of giving inserting a little more confidence into AJ that he should he should oh, be calm, a little bit more positive about this Jazz down. team. Just calm down. <laughs> hey, nothing a nothing a warm pot pie and a. A nice diet coke, or I, I don't know what your drink of choice is, but water on the we, rocks. Water on the rocks <laughs> with a side of lime. <laughs> Be Can careful! You... I hear those. I hear it's hard up there to you know, it's a dry county. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, you're the best. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, have a great show tonight. All right, see y'all.